Hello, and welcome to the Jill Cruz podcast. This is Jill Cruz. Today, I had the pleasure of speaking with Madeline Schwartz. And Madeline is a communication coach. And we talked about how it's so common for people to hold back their feelings, to censor their own ideas, and to then end up not feeling heard. And that really can hold us back, right? Oftentimes women, we feel held back and we dim our own power. And all of this can be related partially to communication. So having proper communication that feels right for you is a way to build confidence and also it affects your well-being. Because when you hold back your ideas, when you censor yourself, when you feel frustrated and you can't express your, your power, that can manifest in your physical body, right? To feeling unwell, being feeling stressed. So in this episode, we talk about how communication is such a powerful tool to help you to express yourself and actually improve your well-being and your confidence. So I think you're really gonna enjoy this episode. Hello, Madeline. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, Jill. I'm so happy to be here. Yes, I'm, I'm glad you're here too, because uh, you were just telling me about something that I think a lot of people may not necessarily, you know, it may not be the first thing that comes to their mind. And that is about communication and how communication actually can help you uh, have more confidence and also with your well-being. So I'd love to hear more about that. Tell us tell us how communication can make our lives better. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you think about all of the areas in your life where you need to communicate, it is mm-hmm. the number one skill that can make everything else in life easier. And if you think about the situations where you are holding back your feelings, where you are censoring your own ideas, not feeling heard, not speaking up, all of those things can really affect both your emotional and physical well-being. And when you get more comfortable communicating, it can really build your confidence to express yourself in so many different situations. Yeah. Wow. That, like I said, it's not something I think that comes to mind for people a lot of times when we think about well-being, communication. Well, aren't I supposed to just work out and eat eat healthy? <laughs> what does that have to do with well-being? So I, I love that you connected that to our emotional world, which of course has a huge impact on our you know overall well-being, our physical health. So can you talk a little bit more about that? Like the yeah. the idea of like how we hold back our emotions or even maybe like you said, censoring our ideas, mm-hmm. maybe in a professional world or yeah, go ahead. Tell yeah, us and more I'll about give that. you an example from my own life. So earlier in my career, I was really terrified of public speaking. Mm-hmm. And because I was terrified of public speaking, I avoided a lot of opportunities. I lived in fear of having to present to big groups and really tried to hide in meetings and in situations where I thought I might have to present to a larger group because it made me so nervous. And because I didn't feel comfortable expressing my ideas, telling my story, or speaking up and sharing my opinion, I constantly walked around feeling so 
frustrated and unseen. And Mm. it showed up in so many different ways, you know, just in this incredible stress that I was carrying around and was showing up as shoulder pain and neck Mm. pain. And when I got on the other side of that fear, when I overcame my own fears of speaking up and speaking in public, it really changed so many things in my life, including my health. Hmm. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. That is, it's such a good example. Like it's very uh, relatable. (laughs) And, you know, unfortunately it's, it's, I think it's relatable in the sense of where we know that when we're stressed out for whatever reason, that it it can gather in that, the shoulder and neck area. I think a lot of people can relate to that or just overworking in general too, but Mm -hmm. um, go ahead. Yeah, and I wanted to just pick up on that theme that you talked about in terms of overworking, because Mm -hmm. so many of my clients are overworking because they feel the need to prove themselves Yes, in the workplace. And when they get more comfortable communicating their ideas and their vision and speaking up at work, that whole need to prove themselves goes away and it completely Mm. changes how they manage their time and how much they're working. Like I had one client who was routinely staying at the office really late, doing work after she put her kids to bed, staying up until midnight or 1 a.m. And when she stopped feeling that need to prove herself because she realized that she already belonged in this job. Like that's why they hired her. She stopped doing all of those things, started leaving the office on time, stopped over explaining when she needed to step out for lunch or a doctor's appointment. So it can really change everything. Yeah. And to me, what you're describing sounds like confidence. Like true confidence, right? Not the not the fake it till you make it kind of stuff, but like mm-hmm. just yeah. that that centered, grounded confidence. Like this is who I am. I deserve to be here. I deserve a seat at the table, kind of thing. And and I'm not gonna try to, like you said, you know, give a ton of excuses and and end up rambling on and on. <laughs> right, right. And I'm going to speak up, even if it makes other people uncomfortable. That's a big one. That is a big one because I can also imagine besides the fact of not, you know, that imposter syndrome or whatever, but also the idea that if, you know, those, like you said, you had all that frustration. It was one thing I noticed uh, uh, because I've been doing a lot of work around just what we call, what I call in in my training is revealing Mm -hmm. rather than concealing. So, you know, when you reveal things, it's scary, right? Like when you have those hard conversations or you speak up when normally, you know, someone might be uncomfortable, not that it's your responsibility, but we tend to take on that responsibility, right? And if you hide that, it causes so much stress. It's like you're locking it all away and then maybe you'll go home and complain to your spouse, but (laughs) your spouse doesn't want to hear you complaining all the time probably either. But I notice like every movie I watch or like almost every like drama or book, you know, that you read is the main crux of the problem is that one person is unwilling to just speak their mind and it causes all this drama and upset and, you know, so uh, I think 
yes, imposter syndrome is important, right? Overcoming that by having that confidence. But being willing to just speak your mind is a little scary. But it, when you do it, it feels so like such a relief afterwards. Yes. I completely agree with that because so often the anticipation of having that difficult conversation or the anticipation <sighs> of giving a presentation to big clients is worse than the actual event. Yes. And yes. so people spend so much time building it up in their mind or even avoiding those situations where they have to do it. And if when you engage in it, there is tremendous, tremendous relief on the other side, no matter how it goes. Right, right. And also sometimes though, I've noticed that I've I've done that. And then afterwards I was like, I did that wrong. But then I realize what I say to myself is, well, that's just part of the learning process. Mm-hmm. I, I'm getting I'm getting better at essentially communicating. I, I never thought about it that way, but I'm I'm getting better at communicating. So if I make some mistakes along the way, it's yeah. okay. Yeah. And that's why when I work with people, I like to call it experimenting, right? Mm-hmm. Communication is just a series of experiments. Mm-hmm. And that's how you figure out what works for you, what works in different situations and with different people. And mm-hmm. when you experiment and evaluate, it gets you out of that cycle of beating yourself up mm-hmm. afterwards and ruminating on something in the past, as opposed to looking forward and how you want to learn from that experience and do things differently next time. Yeah, it's like you got you got it off your chest and that feels like a relief. And then you may think, well, I could have done that better, but you're really just practicing, you're experimenting, you're just getting better. So, because uh, this, that was going to be my next thing that I wanted to talk about is, okay, well, how, how, do we <laughs> how do we get better at communicating? And it sounds like experimentation is an important part of it. Yes. What else? Definitely. Experimentation and also thinking about communication, not just as a series of skills, but a mindset. And Mm. in my work, I like to think of it as a as the communication triad. So there are three big things that I focus on with people. That's the message itself. So how to be really clear and concise in what you want to say how to deliver it, that's the second part, how to deliver it in a way that's compelling and will resonate with your audience. And the third part, which is equally important, is what you're thinking about, the mindset that you have around communication. Because if you don't change that, you can have all of the tools and strategies in the world. You can watch a million YouTube videos. You can read tons of books on communication. But you're always going to be running this negative soundtrack in the back of your mind, and that is going to undermine your confidence every single time. So what, tell us more about the mindset. Yeah, it is such an important part of communication because it can change how you think about yourself as a communicator and as a leader. And when you change that, you present differently and other people see you differently. So if we go back to the example that I was talking about earlier, as far as having to prove yourself in Uh the workplace, that comes often from a feeling of lack, that you don't belong. And when you change your own feelings around that and and start from a place of, I 
I do belong in this job. I, my colleagues believe in me. That's why they hired me. How you communicate is so different because a lot of the defensiveness drops mm -hmm. because you're starting from a place of thinking that your colleagues or let's say it's a personal situation, you know, your relatives or your partner are on the same team mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that they yeah. want you to do well. Right. Yeah. So that is a process of, I know like in the work that we do, we, you know, we help women lose weight and really also to just live their, you know, through healthy practices to be your best in life, you know? So it's, it, it, the weight is sort of usually a byproduct of just eating better and taking care of yourself and all of that. But it's so important, the mindset, it, like I, I literally say the same thing. I'm like, <laughs> the mindset is, you know, 85% of of what needs to shift. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you, you could keep doing, you could try, it's the same thing you said, like you can try, you know, read diet books, try different dietary approaches or workout approaches. But if your mindset is still in that mode of, it's different because we're talking about a lot of food and stuff like that, but there's probably a lot of overlap, but there's, you know, there's shame, there's guilt, there's regret, there's disgust with yourself, you know, all of that. And it's like, you can't expect things to change permanently if you're going to keep in that mindset. So like, I know we have a lot of stuff that we do around because then the question is, well, how do you change your mind? Like if, if you feel like you're not good enough, you know, most people will say, well, I'm not just going to wake up tomorrow and feel like I'm good enough magically. So um, like, I know we have a lot of stuff around that, but I want to hear what you, what you talk about around that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, shame, guilt, and regret also come up Okay, around right. communication <laughs> all of the time. And okay. that is a big part of what holds people back and keeps them in patterns of thinking that they are not a good communicator and that that's never going to change. Right. And, and that's part of why the mindset is so important. And I like to think of mindset like rearranging your furniture. So I rearranged my living room furniture five or seven times during the pandemic. And what's amazing about rearranging your furniture is you can have all of the same pieces. But if you just move where your couch sits in the room, everything looks different. Nice. And it's the same with changing your mindset. If you just change the thoughts that are swimming around in your brain, everything looks different. Yeah. And, yeah. and as related to mindset, a big part of what I work on in communication is emotional resilience mm -hmm. and helping people not only express their emotions as, as might be relevant in difficult conversations, but to really get more comfortable feeling the emotions that they might feel after a communication experience. Let's say they give a presentation and they don't feel great about it because they forgot to say something important. Oh, yes. I give them a way to process those feelings and then to also evaluate every speaking opportunity, big meeting, interview, whatever it is, give them a process to productively evaluate how it went so that it breaks that pattern of shame, guilt, regret, and turns it into learning so that they know exactly what to do 
next time. And it's such a huge time saver because it turns communication into a repeatable process. Mm, I love that. I love that. Well, I wish I had met you like two years ago. Because, <laughs> you know, I, I've I've kind of come to my own method of of like handling those sorts of things. But, you know, for a long time, I was like, is there a speaking coach who would just help you like exactly what you said, you know, a process to, because I've done a lot of public speaking. And, you know, when I was actually there speaking, I mean, I enjoyed it. Okay. So mm-hmm. I, I, I enjoyed doing it. It wasn't torture for me, but I noticed that like before and after was like uncomfortable, you know, it's like worry, 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 and then do the speaking engagement. And then, you know, oh, I should have done that. I didn't say that. Did I do mm-hmm. this? Right? You know, and so it's like this whole process, which I've kind of just cobbled together my own process. But this is such a, a wonderful thing that you're doing. Do you work with public speakers generally? Or, or well, I guess maybe, I mean, what type of people do you work with? Yeah, so I do work with public speakers who are giving conference talks or mm-hmm. giving big presentations for their business or for their job. But I also work with leaders and emerging leaders who want to improve their communication skills to be more effective and feel more confident in leading and inspiring the people that they work with. Yeah, that's great. That's great. I I think it's so it's so important because I in the early days I remember thinking, gosh, if I wasn't nervous, I could do a really good job. <laughs> you know? Like well, I gosh. Yeah, what what I think is important about what you said and one of the biggest learnings that my clients take away is that the nerves don't go away. Mm-hmm. And so being nervous isn't a problem if you know how to work through your nerves. And yeah. so I teach people both physical techniques and mindset techniques to work mm-hmm. through those nerves that come up so that it's not so paralyzing. So right. for instance, I had this one client, we worked together on two big presentations for her corporate job. And it was after the second one that she discovered she still got nervous the next time she had to speak on stage at the all hands company meeting, but it didn't keep her awake for days. It wasn't a big interruptive event in her life because she had a process. She had all of these tools to use and she had successes from the other presentations that we worked on to lean on and use as a reminder, I knew how to do this. Oh, that's great. That's it's wonderful. I, I like how you said it's not like a, a disruptive event. Because if, if this is, you know, if, if you speak three times a year, like for mm-hmm. me, you know, speaking 30 times a year. So after a while, you just kind of figure it yeah. out. But, you know, if it's three or four times a year and, you know, you're kind of like, ah, I have that big event, you know, it's, it's January and you're thinking about that event in April. <laughs> That can be very disruptive. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. And whether it's three or four times a year or whether it's 30 times a year, when you can cut your prep time Mm -hmm. in half or in half again and, and you don't lose sleep before those events, that can still be a tremendous time and stress 
reducer. Yeah, 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 definitely. Well, I'm I'm a big fan of meditation. I mean, like it's uh, to me, it's the most important health practice. Uh, well, I guess sleep and meditation would be like neck and neck. But if you if you're meditating regularly, you tend to sleep better too, which is nice. <laughs> Do you talk about that? I'm sure you have like breath work and meditative yes. practices and stuff, right? Yes. So I do talk about that. And I always teach people some really simple breathwork practices that they can use to calm themselves down in 30 mm. seconds before mm. they are going to give a presentation or before they get called on in a meeting. And I meditate and I always ask clients when they are nervous about speaking, if they meditate or if they do yoga, because if they have a breathwork practice, they can use that. But I had this one client who the first time she was going to give a big conference talk in front of hundreds of people, I asked her that question. And she said, every time I close my eyes to think about the presentation, all I can think about is worst case scenario that I forget everything I'm supposed to say. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, great. Like, that's not the tool for you. Right. <laughs> you know, for you, we're going to try something different. We're going to envision like all of your friends sitting in the audience and clapping for you at the end of the presentation. So it is definitely part of the work that I do, but it's it's one of many tools right. in in the toolbox because I do think different things work better for different people. Oh yeah, I, I'm a hundred percent on board with that. I love that. I I I often call it my nutritionist toolbox, you know, or tool belt, tool belt. Mm -hmm. Although we do more, much more than nutrition, but even just that alone. I mean, there's so many different tools. And, and I think that in and of itself, when you work with your clients and, you, and you're like, okay, I'm just going to pull this one here, this tool from over here, and I'm going to present it to you. And if that works, great. And, you know, you're basically giving them tools. You're, you're mm -hmm. providing them with those tools and then they're practicing and they're getting good at it. And now they're, they're their tools. I just feel like for me, I know like I had you know, heard about like positive thinking and law of attraction and all that stuff. And I was like, wow, this is great. But like, I need a tool. Like I need a, like a, a like when this happens, do this kind of protocol. Mm -hmm. So I think that sounds like exactly what you're doing and you're, and you're selecting it based on that person's yes. unique I, needs. I'm helping them curate the tools mm -hmm. because sometimes they have an overwhelming number of tools. They've tried so many different things uh -huh. and really narrowing down what works for them makes it so much more effective and yes. easy to repeat that process the next time they have to give a presentation or are going to have a difficult conversation with somebody. Yeah. No, I love that because it, it can be very overwhelming if you've read even just one book, right? There may be 20 different things that you're supposed to be doing and you're like, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> right. And and it's a physical practice. And, and that's mm -hmm. why... You know, reading books, you can find some helpful techniques in books, but if you don't then take those techniques and practice, mm -hmm. it's not something that you're, it's like learning a sport. You're not going to learn how to play softball sitting on the couch watching videos right. of softball. Yeah. You got to get out on the field and actually yeah. practice. 
Yeah. And you do that with your clients. You do like role playing with them. And stuff. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. We absolutely role play for conversation. So at the end of the year, I was helping a client prepare for performance reviews mm-hmm. and she was nervous about having to give some tough feedback to one of her direct reports. And we really strategized about how to deliver that message and talked through the speaking points so that she could articulate articulate it in advance. And when you have role played the situation and when you, or, or even if you don't have somebody to role play with, if you practice it out loud on your own first, it means then when you're in the situation, having the conversation or giving the presentation, you're not searching for the words for the first time. And it really reduces anxiety. Yeah, that's fantastic. I love that. Well, it sounds like you're doing very amazing work, Madeline. Very important. You're you're making the world a better place. Thank you. It's so much fun. And I am so passionate about helping people speak up and share their ideas because I know how much it can change their entire life. Yeah. Wow. And I do think, unfortunately, women, I mean, men have their own issues, but oh, we work almost exclusively with women. But there's just different psyche, you know, between men and women, obviously. And um I network with a lot of women and I just feel like there are certain characteristics that you've already kind of talked about, about, you know, kind of keeping it close to the chest and not wanting to seem overly emotional or to make a big deal out of something. And, you know, a lot of that emotional pushing down happens. Mm-hmm. Yes. And most of my clients are women as well. Mm-hmm. And I find over and over again that when they improve their communication skills, they feel more confident in every area of their life. And it brings out more creativity in their in their jobs and in their businesses and completely changes not only how they're showing up in their professional lives, but also how they're interacting with other people in their personal lives. Yeah. I'm getting this image of you like coming in and sort of like releasing the, the, you know, those pressure cooker things where you cook beans and it's like under a lot of pressure and you're just kind of like loosening up the screws and letting some of the steam flow out. (laughs) Cause if it's all locked in there, how can you have that creative flow? How can you have that authenticity in your relationships? You can't, it's very, very hard if you're, if you're keeping it all locked down. So I, I think that's incredible. And, and I love the fact that you're, you know, you're working with prof- professionals and then it's permeating every aspect of, of their lives, which is very, I'm sure, very satisfying work for you to do. It is. Yes. Um, I, I love hearing from clients about how they went and gave an amazing presentation. Like I had a client who spoke at the business of fashion in in London and it was just such an amazing experience for her. And she had done a fair amount of public speaking before, but she said she had never felt so prepared, Mm. didn't need notes um, at at this presentation and was one of the top rated speakers there. And it was yeah, an incredible experience for her because she was really well prepared, not only with her the presentation itself and what she wanted to say and having rehearsed that, but also doing the mindset work mm-hmm. so that she felt that she belonged there 
honesty. Yeah. And and the cool thing too, I mean, we'll, we'll wrap it up, but I just want, I just had a thought of like how when, you know, when you're building, when you're developing confidence, when you have an experience like that, it's like a notch in your belt. And then you can always go back to, like if you're feeling Mm-hmm. low in confidence or whatever, you can always go back. To, like you have had that experience and your brain likes that, right? It's like, oh, oh yeah, I can do that because I've done it before. I just did it like six months ago. I can, I can do this again. And, and then you do it again and it, and it really builds, you know, it builds upon itself. So that's so cool. Yes. And that's where making small changes can have huge ripple effects mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because you are adding notches. Yeah, that's awesome. Wow. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate this conversation. I think people, listeners are going to get a lot of, you know, I think inspiration from this uh, to hear the stories and to hear like there are actual tools <laughs> and yes. you know, hopefully inspiring people to take some action around that, whatever, whatever that means for someone listening. Yes. And, and just one last thing that I'd love to share is that for anyone who right now is thinking they are not happy with how they are showing up as a communicator or as a leader. But I want you to, what I hope you take away from this conversation is that how you feel about it today is not how you will feel about it next month, next year, or even next week. That just taking one tiny step can have huge ripple effects and change how you think about yourself. Mm, I love that. And how confident you feel communicating. Yeah, it's, 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 it, you can ease into it. There's been mm-hmm. one step at a time. But I like the idea of the impermanence of, of these things. It seems like it's the end of the world right now, but you might feel differently tomorrow <laughs> when you had right. a better, better night's sleep. <laughs> or you did something and it worked out well, and then you're, oh, I feel better about this. So that's, right. that's a good point. If you experimented. Yeah. And then just evaluated the data that you have at the end of that experiment. Nice. I love it. <laughs> she's, she's giving us little hints about her techniques here. So that's <laughs> great. Thank you so much, Madeline. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It was such a pleasure to have this conversation, Jill. Thank you so much for listening to that conversation that I just had with Madeline Schwartz. I hope you enjoyed it. I definitely got a lot out of it. And you can learn more about Madeline at her website, which is MadelineSchwartzCoaching.com. And she has a freebie there for you to help bring confidence and clarity to your message. Madeline is, as I mentioned, a communication coach, and she is the founder of the Burst Formula to Communication. So you can learn more about that on her website. She has helped hundreds of professionals across many different industries to get their message across clearly in meetings, in pitches, in in presentations, conference talks, panels, networking, and just plain old difficult conversations. So I think uh, you should definitely check out what Madeline is up to. Also check out what we're up to. What we are up to is helping women to live a life that is healthy, active, confident, full of vitality. And we do that by helping women to balance hormones, to pass through perimenopause and menopause more easily, to lose weight if that's what your goal is, and to really overall just perform in your life in a way that makes you happy, right? So that comes from 
health practices that comes from nutrition, from fitness, stress management, sleep, all of these things, mindset, all of these come together in order to help you be in this body that you feel good about, that, that then allows you to do whatever it is that you want to do in life, like whatever it is. And it's really kind of a, you know, it's, it's a vehicle, right? Our bodies are a tool that we have to move through life and we can be at our best and, and feel vital and energized and, you know, productive and excited and passionate or not. <laughs> But taking care of your physical and emotional health is the key to being your best in your life. So you can learn more about us at winweightloss.com. That's W-Y-N weightloss.com. Or join the Love Challenge. And the, the links will be in the show notes. The Love Challenge is another tool that you can have to help you to practice self-love because I do believe that at the core of all of our success in life comes from practicing because we're not perfect at it, right? We're practicing self-love and the love challenge will help you give you some specific tools on how to do that. So check it out and thank you so much for listening. And don't forget that if you enjoyed this podcast, share with your friends and family, share the love, share the stories and the inspiration from all of the amazing women that come onto this podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.